Lord Jesus, thank you for your church, for making your church what your church is, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, igniting your church for witness and boldness in this world. To the ends of the world, Lord Jesus, may your gospel go out through your people, your church, we pray today and always as you live as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So I kind of hinted at that in the prayer there. What is the church? What defines what the true church is? There's a tragedy that happened this past week. And I want to point out a picture of a church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Any of you ever been to Trinity Lutheran downtown Milwaukee? Anyone? Um, I've been there a couple times. I think in, in college I sang there once in a choir. And um, beautiful, beautiful historic Trinity. It's, it's like the equivalent of historic Trinity in Detroit. This is their historic Trinity in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, one of the oldest uh, LCMS congregations in the nation. Um, a tragedy happened this, late this week. Um, I'll show you the next picture here. Um, it burned. It, uh, they were doing some work on a roof or something. It, it ignited and um, it got out of hand and uh, they were not able to put it out without it completely destroying uh, the sanctuary. And it was not lost on many people who heard the story and saw the pictures that came out. Do you see the rainbow? And that sign of God's promise and reminders, perhaps, of what is the true church? Did Trinity in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, burn down this week? Did the true church of Trinity Lutheran Church, did it burn down? Hopefully it's not a hard question. The answer is, of course not. A, a, A building, a facility, a a sanctuary used for worship and, and a place where the congregation, the church gathers, but, but certainly not the congregation of Trinity did not burn down. It's kind of an interesting picture too. This is an incredible moment of promise. As they went into the sanctuary that was charred and, and destroyed, look what survived. You see Jesus? Right on the, the center aisle altar there, and, and here's Jesus, and that, just that reminder, in fact, Trinity uh, on their Facebook page posted, and Jesus said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. I mean, what a powerful visual and reminder. Buildings can burn down. Buildings come to dust, ultimately, in the scheme of eternity. But what defines a church is People. You, we hear this all the time. We talk about this as, you know, God didn't come to redeem a building, did he? We teach kids, here's the church, here's the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. And then we open the Bible and we learn that that actually isn't what the Bible says at all. Because the Bible says this is a building, there's a steeple, part of that building, doors are part of that building, but we open the doors And really, without even opening the doors, wherever these people are, because they are the church, the redeemed ones of Christ crucified, the people who have received the Spirit of God as baptized children of God, and in the witness for the gospel, that that church, people, they go out and they spread the news of who Jesus is until Jesus comes back in glory as more and more people come to faith through the power of that Holy Spirit. To the church, the witness of the church, not the witness of a building, but the witness of his people. 
You know, see that promise. Jesus tells his disciples, and, and he reminds me, he says, wait here in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. This power, the advocate I've told you about previously. He will explain all things to you, but you will receive power when that Holy Spirit comes on you. And Jesus says, and you will be my witnesses. Witnesses locally, witnesses regionally, witnesses to the end of the age and to the end of the world. Jesus says, when that spirit comes, oh man, it's about to get exciting. And it did. Just a few days later, 10 days later, on Pentecost, it happens that the Spirit comes and we read about it and that Spirit that enables them to proclaim the gospel in languages these guys had never learned and yet all of those nations represented there, the, the, the Mediterranean world of that time, all there and they're hearing the message of Jesus in their own languages and they're thinking, how is this possible? These guys aren't smart. They're unlearned. They're, they're, they're not from all these other places. They don't know these languages. What's going on? And the assumption they must be drunk. <laughs> Peter says, no, they aren't drunk. But this is what God promised. And the day has come where he will pour out his spirit on all people, and they will be his witnesses. And we find out as we keep reading through Acts is that a couple of verses later after Peter preaches this message, the people are cut to the heart, it says, and they call out, they say, what must we do to be saved? And that's when Peter replies, it says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit too. For this promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, who the Lord our God will call. And that incredible moment is, Thousands of people that day moved and cut to the heart, repenting of their sin and, and baptized in the name of Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They become believers. And that, as they say, is the beginning, the igniting of the early church. That's why they often call Pentecost the birthday of the church. Is what Jesus did on the cross and, and the Holy Spirit's promise comes over his people and it ignites not just a, a movement, but a life-changing new reality among God's people, his church. That's your church, too. It's my church. And God's been working in my church and your church ever since. I'll show you a picture. I don't know if any of you have met Faisal. Uh, Faisal's part of your church. Uh, Faisal is a a sophomore at Lutheran High Northwest. A few years ago, when he was a seventh grader, uh, Faisal and, and his, his family, his mom, Majida, and, and brother Adele, uh, came walking in for a school tour. And uh, we learned a little more about their story. They had, uh, Adele had come to go to school at uh, OU, and a student there, and then his mom and, and brother joined him here. Uh, they're from Jordan. And uh, here they are, touring our school, and and I could just see it. Pastor Steve was there too. And we were praying with, uh, with mom. You could just see in her eyes just this overwhelming sense of how are we going to make this work? Because they moved here and all the changes and, and how to make this hall come together. And where is Faisal going to go to school? And, and they walked through the tour and, and this, this sense of this is where we want Faisal to be. And then we prayed with them. And, and, and mom, Majida, could then speak very fluent English. Her native language is Arabic. And, and yet she understood enough in the prayer to know, as she shared with us afterwards, she said, when we moved here, we prayed that God would provide a spiritual home for us. 
And today that prayer has been answered. And Faisal, as, as he enrolled at, at, at St. John as a seventh grader, it took a little while. We had to work out some visa uh, issues along the way. But once he was able to enroll, and this young man in front of his peers, in the testimony he gave one day, I'll never forget it, when he stood up in front of the students, he says, you do not realize what you have here. Where I come from in, in, in Jordan, we don't have Bibles. People aren't allowed to openly talk about Jesus like we are. This is a gift to be able to proclaim and tell people about Jesus. Faisal now is a, a sophomore at Lutheran High Northwest, one of 65 students that are, receive level one scholarships from St. John. And, and, and you may imagine, what do you think God is moving in, in Faisal's life uh, to go into in his future? If you guessed pastor, you would be correct. Faisal is, is excited to be a pastor one day. This is your church. I'll show you another picture. Some of you were in worship this day when, when Tenny, Tenny's a first grader, she enrolled in our school this past summer. She was on a tour with her mom, and her mom was transferred up to Rochester from Texas, where Tenny was born. And, and they were getting settled here and had lined up several school tours, and they did a tour of our St. John's school. And, and once that tour was ended, her mom made it clear to Beth Dameron, our, our director of admissions, she said, I'm going to be canceling all the other school tours. This is where I believe God wants us to be. And uh, within a few weeks of being in our school, Tenny came home and told her mom, she says, I want to be baptized too, like my classmates. And some months ago, here in worship one Sunday morning, Tenny was baptized and her cousins came into town to be part of that celebration. And, and her mom shares with us that, you know, when she goes home and her excitement is studying God's word every day in school, and in her prayers, she t prays for her ministry and the sharing of Jesus with her friends and her neighbors, a heart for the gospel. This is your church. Another picture, some of you have seen this before. This is a picture from Vacation Bible School last year. There's a little energy in the room. <laughs> it's kind of like 8 o'clock worship. Um, <laughs> But I'll tell you this, uh, over 350 kids enrolled last year, and, and one of the things that came out of that in, in our statistics that we received in the registrations is that 50% or more of these kids are without, without church homes. Uh, they don't have a congregation they're part of, and yet their parents enrolled them to be part of the Vacation Bible School experience where they come and they learn about Jesus and celebrate his love and, and his word. And, and you realize this room filled with children who don't know Jesus or are learning about Jesus and the opportunity to make a difference in the life of these kids. Over 100 volunteers were part of that. Uh, many of you were part of that. And, and as we gear up for another year of this where we're uh, expanding that number to 400 kids because we don't have room for any more and even though we're going to have to turn some away. What an impact God is doing in the lives of his people. As the spirit has its way and God raises up people and their talents and their abilities to share Jesus with children and families in our community. This is your church. These young people got back over spring break, gave up time away along with adult chaperones to go to Mexico, to cross the border <laughs> And, and, and break down walls, I'm going to be honest with you, to break down walls with the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
to go and strengthen the church of Jesus and to share his love with kids that speak Spanish. And I'll tell you, I've got two in my house that can't wait to go back again. Girls that, for whatever reason, love camping in the dirt and not taking a shower in, in hot humidity for a week because they're having such a blast sharing the love of Jesus with children and families. They miss those families because that's God's church. It's your church making a difference in Jesus' name. Let's go to the next one. Here's one picture. This is from last fall from the one class of, of new people that became part of your church. Um, that was last fall. Now here's this spring, another group. And, you know, it's interesting as we could share the last five years of groups like this twice a year, that God has been bringing more and more new people to be part of your church. And, and, and some of you pictured in, the, in these pictures are in this room today. This is your church. This is our church. And, and to realize the impact God is having in the lives of his people. There's some amazing stories in this one. For instance, there's a family in there. Oh, hang on, back up. In that, there's family in there, the, the Connollys, who uh, he came on 9-11 a couple years ago, and an officer with the Oakland, town, town, or Oakland County Sheriff's Department, and, and we had invited families forward to bless them and pray over them. And uh, he went home that day and, and says to his wife, he says, I, I want to be baptized. And uh, some months later, we baptized him and his son, and and they now officially have become part of your church. They're, they're in this picture. I think up here in the right corner, there's a picture of Fariba. And now we can go to the next picture. Uh, Fariba, I'll tell you about her story. She's from Iran. And, and she came to the United States, tried to when she was 12 years old. Her family was trying to escape political unrest. And, and while they were fleeing the country, there was a terrible accident. And the van she was in um, crashed and uh, People died, and she survived it, but she was in a coma for two months, and it, and it crippled her, and it, it made an impact in her life story. She grew up as a Shiite Muslim, and she came to the United States. She met her husband, Eric, at Wayne State University, and, and they were married, and, and, and months ago, God led them to St. John, where they've been growing in his word and growing in times of worship and went through our one class, and as part of that, Fariba says, I want to be baptized, and this past week, Fariba was baptized, and uh, you can see who were witnesses of that, of course, the Saddle Myers as sponsors and witnesses of what God is doing in Fariba's life. Amazing stuff. This is your church. But next one. Every week, twice a week, groups of internationals gather on our campus, and many volunteers help facilitate English second language school on our campus. And, and God opens up literally, and you think of Pentecost and the nations that are present, they're here twice a week on our campus, learning not only to speak English, but through the relationships that are formed, Jesus is being shared. There's Vicki Eicher volunteering, and, and, and there's others that do so. Um, one of them just stepped forward this past, uh, in the last two weeks, her name is Barb, and, and we had asked if she'd be willing to serve, and and she's like, you know, I, I did that years ago, and she was actually a missionary in China, and she volunteered to help with this. And I asked her, so how did it go after the first week? And she said, I forgot how much I love this. It's like, I love people, and I love sharing with internationals the love of Jesus. It ignited a passion in her. That's the Holy Spirit working through your church in powerful ways. What about the next picture? So I like to call this picture, this is a great picture of a bunch of guys watching Irv Becker work. <laughs> Some weeks ago, we received a request 
from one of our dear people, and many of you know the Schmidt family. Russ had a stroke recently, and they were going to discharge him from the hospital, and they needed ramps built at home and several places to make it accessible to him in this new reality. And that just fear and panic that, that struck Ginny and, and Russ of how are they going to adjust at home and who's going to build ramps and where are we going to turn. And the amazing thing is, one phone call, one email, and a group of guys show up at their house within a day or two. And they spend the whole day building ramps in order to make a difference in Jesus' name. This is the Holy Spirit working through his people to be the church. And as one of them said, and I love this quote, he says, we did this for the Schmitz, but we would do this for anybody. That's your church, being the church. Look the next picture. There's a picture of uh, down the dope house that became a hope house. Down the inner city of Detroit as part of Charity Lutheran one of our new mission partners. And, and in this picture, uh, some of you know the Altoffs, Lee and Mindy. Uh, they retired, moved away from St. John, and then they came back into the area and they said, you know what? We realize retirement isn't for us. We want to we be busy. God has wired us and equipped us to serve, and, and we want to make a difference in Jesus' name. And, and they said, do you have any ideas? And we had just heard about this opportunity. They got involved in rehabbing this house uh, for a low-income family as part of charity's outreach to the community. And, and others from St. John, about eight other individuals, took part in rehabbing that house over the end of last year into the January of this year, where the keys were turned over to a, a new family, who now those children are receiving after-school tutoring at Charity Lutheran and being encouraged in Jesus' name. Lee and Mindy say, you can't do, get enough of this. This is your church. Nice. I said to say that. Who, who remembers when he was here? This pulpit has never been the same since then. It hasn't. And, and Manla, who loves to share the love of Jesus with passion, uh, he is a, a pastor in South Africa at St. Peter Lutheran Church in school, uh, a school of, of 900 children, and they just started a high school and they're gearing up to start the first Concordia University in South Africa in the coming years as all the study and groundwork has been laid there. Amazing stuff happening in South Africa. But his story as part of the church is that he was on the outside of the church fighting against apartheid with violence and anger and hatred until he heard the message of Jesus and God changed his heart where he turned himself in and they wondered, why are you turning yourself in? And it, that was the beginning of Mandela going into ministry where a congregation here in the United States, St. Peter, Arlington Heights, Illinois, paid for him to come and go to seminary. And he went back and launched and planted St. Peter Lutheran Church and School, now the largest Lutheran church in, in South Africa, as God is having his way. And, and I put his picture up here because we're also partnering with our district as one of six other congregations gearing up to bring Mandela to the United States for a two-year mission experience where he will be a missionary at large in the Michigan district to share the love of Jesus, to teach us what racial reconciliation can look like when God has his way in the lives of his people. There's so much we can learn as a people. And Mandela is part of God's church, but part of your church too. I'll turn to the next picture is some kids back at St. Peter in, 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 in Middleburg, South Africa. Uh, we've been asked if we're willing to partner to help with a project 
with some other churches that are involved in this, of bringing solar energy to their campus. It's self-sustaining. It's a one-time thing, but it's something that would truly change ministry there where it would take them off the grid to be dependent on solar energy rather than paying met, uh, energy bills month after month. It's something that we are equipped to do and make a difference in Jesus' name. And children like this that will benefit from that, this is your church. This is the church of God. And I say that because I love the fact that Jesus, when he has his way in the lives of his people, impacts the world for the gospel. And he's been doing that since the beginning. And the birthday of the church as we celebrate on Pentecost and God continues to have his way in the life of his people. This is your church. But just like when Jesus was asking his disciples, he said, who do people say that I am? And, and they said, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. And he says, no, no, who do you say that I am? And that's when Peter confesses. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And with that, Peter, is, and he's in the presence of Jesus, and Jesus turns to him and he says, Peter, I tell you the truth, on that rock, and he's talking about his confession. On that confession, listen to this, and on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. You know, I think we're reminded, who really builds the church here? Do people build the church of Jesus? No. <laughs> and, and, and then we talk about the church. Who is the church? God's people are the church. And who builds the church? Whose church is it? It's Jesus' church. My church, Jesus says. When Jesus has his way through his word and his sacrament where the marks of the church gather around those gifts of Jesus and Jesus has his way, look out because Jesus changes the world because it's his church as we celebrate that gift today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your church and the incredible gift that it is to be called by your name to be part of your church in such a way that it is our church, it is my church, it is your church. And Jesus, we praise you that you have your way in your church. By the power of your spirit, continue to propel that witness, ignite it with passion among all of us as your church in the power of our baptism calling through you that ignites us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.